Thank you again for joining us for Journeys in Grace. This is uh, Pastor Eric Hubbard, and today we're going to continue with the subject of who is your father? And let's start out today with prayer. Father, we thank you for this meeting. We thank you, God, for this opportunity to speak to those who are listening. God, we know that there's a divine appointment that you have for them, that as they listen today and as you impart wisdom and knowledge and understanding to me, I pray, God, that you will give this to them, that they, Lord, will get a refreshing there will be, get a, a, a revelation of who you are, that you are the God of more than enough, and that you have answered every prayer, every prayer that ever made by, by the believers and those who reach, sincerely reach out to you, that you are a God that is faithful. And we pray in Jesus' name that all is well. We thank you, Father, that before we ask you, no, Lord God, before we consider, Lord God, you speak to us. And we just thank you, Lord, today for your son Jesus, how he shed his blood, we thank you for the divine gift of the Holy Spirit. And most of all, we thank you for the shed blood. For without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. That great gift, the greatest gift that mankind has ever received, the gift of the life of your Son, Jesus Christ. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, thank you for joining us today. And we're going to go into the Word again. And our subject again is, Who is your Father? Our foundation scriptures are in... Uh, the book of Matthew, sixth chapter and the thirty and the uh, six chapters and the uh, thirty and twenty fifth verse. And today we're going to continue on this subject, and we're going to notice today we're going to pull out three verses in this chapter, and then we're going to go over to Second Peter. But in the book of Matthew, Jesus wanted to be emphatic whenever or a point we find in the Bible where God repeats a thing. He's making a point. There's a point to why. He began to say here in Matthew 6.33 about take no thought. I just want to give you this little, little nugget here. What Jesus is saying is, I got you. I mean, this is Eric's interpretation. I got you. When he's saying take no thought, he says, what are you worried about? If you trust in me, if you believe the things that I say, I got you. It's the faith is what the Lord is asking for. Our faith in him, our faith in the word, our faith that what's written is, can be counted on. As I said in prior teachings, that God is trustworthy. He's worthy of your trust. He's worthy of all of us putting our trust in him and, and, and counting on his divine plan, his purpose for us, and knowing that the scripture says, he who has begun a good work in us shall finish it until the day of Jesus Christ. So what we're saying is that God is working on us. He's arranging things. He had plans for us before the very foundation of the world. He told Jeremiah in the first, uh, in Jeremiah 1, he said, he began to tell him that I knew you before you entered your mother's womb. Before, before you became a seed from your father that was uh, encapsulated and began to grow in your mother. He said, I had divine purpose for you. And because I had purpose, I'm sending you into the world and you are prepared everything that you will ever need. God puts it in all of us. So there's no mistakes. No matter how we got here, no matter how uh, uh, we were birthed. With some of us, you might have been adopted. Some, uh, you, you don't even know who your father. Some people don't know who their mother is. And no matter what your situation is, God's got you. We're in the palm. We're, if, 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 if we're a believer today, and even if we're not, 
God wants you to know you could be so far, feel as though you are so far from God that why would God even be concerned about me? But the scripture says, all souls. God said, all souls are mine. Satan didn't, didn't uh, uh, he can't, didn't have the ability to create uh, the human life. Only God does. And so as we go in this, this scripture today, as we go into the word today, I just want you to just visualize God with his hand upon you. And no matter how many times we mess up, no matter how many times we fail, no matter how many times we start and stop and start and stop, and we feel that, you know, I've messed up so many times, because people will give up on you. When you're sick, you know, you can tell people so many times, you know, I'm really uh, suffering with this certain problem or this certain um, uh, ailment. And there'll become a time when you're sick so long, the sun will leave. They will, they will leave you because they don't have time to, to nurture you and to care for you and to, you know, just be there for you. You know, a real friend is there at all times. The scripture said there is a, there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And we know that friend can only be Jesus because he knows our every weakness. He knows, God knows everything that we're dealing with. And yet he still came and died for us. Can you imagine having knowledge that you have an assignment and those who you come in to help, they are the ones, many of them, consent to your death. You are bringing them help. You are offering your life. I wonder how many of us would die for someone who you knew hated you, who you knew would never accept you, but yet you go forward with your assignment. This is what our Savior did. So I'm going to read um, in the book of Matthew. I'm going to read this, this scripture. It seems as though I'm reading the same scripture, scripture three times. But here in Matthew 6 chapter, in the 25th verse, Jesus began to repeat this phrase. And for me to give you just a summary of it, he's saying, I got you. Matthew 6, 25. And it reads, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor for your body, what you shall put on is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment. Then he says it again in the 31st, I believe the 31st verse. says, take no thought saying. Now he says, don't say this. What shall I eat? Because words have power. The scripture says, and I believe in, um, Matthew, in uh, Proverbs 18, 7, it says, um, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So we can speak life to ourselves, or we can speak death over ourselves. It's about what we, you know, we, 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 we are the sum total of all of our thoughts and the words that we speak. We form our future by the things that we say. We build our future by uh, the things that we repeat over and over and over. You know, many of us, we're making plans for the summer. You said, this summer, I'm going to take a trip. I mean, I know where I'm going today. And then later on, you say, I'm going to make a trip. I'm going to make a, uh, I'm going to travel to the West Coast or the East Coast. I'm going uh, down South. I'm going up North. I'm going wherever. I'm going to the river. I'm going to the beach. We're going to the mountains. And you begin to say what you're going to do. Those are the words of faith. Because faith got to be spoken. Faith got to be, uh, uh, faith is activated. The word of God is activated by, by words. And even our natural life, we speak things before we do things. Majority, we begin to form them in our minds and we begin to say what we are going to do. 
So Jesus is saying to us, he said, first he said, don't take a thought. And the third verse said, he said, therefore, uh, take no thought saying, what shall you eat? Or what shall you drink? Or what shall be closed? Then he says in the 31st, uh, I'm sorry, the 30, the last verse of the sixth chapter, he says, take no, therefore, no thought for tomorrow. He says, don't even think about the future because you don't have power to determine the future. So take no thought for the morrow. He's talking about tomorrow. For tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And so what Jesus is saying here is that tomorrow will have all of his trials, all of his tribulation, all of the tests and all the things that, you know, uh, uh, today is Tuesday. Wednesday going to have different challenges. He said, deal with today. Don't worry about it. Don't take your cares into the future. Don't let your fears stop you from making preparations for the plans and the, and the things that, that, that God is leading you to and leading you, and, and leading you down this pathway. And many times we look out to the future and we kill our own dreams by saying, I can't do that. I wonder who's going to help me. No, I, again, as the philosopher has said many years ago, the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. Take a step. Take a step in the direction that you desire to go. That burning desire, that, that burning thought that you know what, one day, don't let one day be one day. That's not what he's saying about don't take the thought for tomorrow. But he's saying is, don't let your worries destroy your future. But he, he began to say in another place, he said, whatever you do, let's say, let it be, if the Lord will. But what he's talking about now is, don't let your worry extend out into tomorrow, which will uh, begin to build a wall that will stop you, that will hinder your dreams, that will hinder your visions, because that worry becomes fear. And that brief uh, 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 an acronym for fear is false evidence appearing real. So many times we, we look out into the future and we fear rather than walking by faith. By, by walking in faith in the word and, and trusting what God has said over us. So let's now let's go over to the book of 2 Peter. 2 Peter, the uh, first chapter. And we're going to start reading at the second verse. So 2 Peter. Just a moment as I, as, as I turn to there. Second Peter, second chapter, first chapter, I'm sorry. Second verse. And now we're going to begin to read as, as, as Apostle Peter begins to talk about the provision that God has already done for us. What God has placed out into the future. And, and, and I'm sorry, it has, he's, he's provided for our future even before we get there. Again, as I've said in, time, in, in lessons past, we know God as the great provider, Jehovah Jireh, the God of more than enough, the God our healer, the God our deliver, deliverer, the God our shield, the God, our God our, his, our battle axe. God has always prepared things in the, in, in the past for our future. Now many of us, we know this famous scripture of, of, of uh, Jeremiah 29 11 saying, I know the thoughts I have for you, thoughts of good and not of evil, to uh, 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 for your, to prepare a, a hope and a future for you. A good hope. A good future. These are the things that God is saying to the believer. And any who will choose to call upon his name and follow him. So let's, so let's go to, uh, again, Second Peter, first chapter, second verse. It says, according as his divine power has given unto us all 
things. All means all. It means everything. Everything. God has prepared all things, has given to us all things that pertains unto life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him that has called us, what? To glory and virtue. But we're going to back up a verse. I start in the third verse. I'm going to go to the second. He says, grace and peace be multiplied. We know grace is God's undeserved favor. The favor that God, that, that fa favor is um, um, uh, blessings that you didn't earn. You ever, somebody ever done a favor for you? I'll make it a little simpler. Uh, uh, something, when somebody does a favor for you, it means they don't, you, don't, you didn't earn it. They just do these things for your benefit. So this is my definition of favor. It's, it's something that's done for your benefit. You didn't work for it. You didn't earn it. You may not have deserved it, but yet they do it for you. So Peter says, grace and peace be multiplied. So you want more grace, more favor. If you want more peace, many people, the wars have been fought for peace. Isn't that a, 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 an anomaly? So somebody just say, I'm, we're going to war for peace. But many times you have to fight for it. You know, there's many times that this nation has went to war for peace. So because of the warring of the uh, 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 a nation that wars out, fights against a nation or invades a nation, and unless they fight, their peace will be destroyed. So Paul is saying here, grace and peace be multiplied unto you. How? Through the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you want the favor of God to increase in your life, if you want great peace to increase in your life, he said, learn more about God. Learn more about our Savior. Get into the Word and meditate. It's not the volume of scriptures that we read, but it's the, but it's the scriptures that we meditate on. The scriptures that we allow ourselves, that, uh, uh, that, we, allow our, that, that we allow ourselves to meditate on, and then they begin to grow. The Bible says that, I believe in John 10, it says that the, the Word of God is a seed. So if you want the seed of God and you want knowledge of God, you have to meditate upon it and allow that seed to grow. How does it grow? Through meditation, through, through uh, uh, reading of it, and just allowing that seed to germinate. The more you think about it, the more you, you, you chew on it, the more you let this thing grow and grow and grow, and you begin to see it manifest in your life. And you begin to speak it. Not only do you must you meditate on it, you gotta speak it. Because again, faith is voice activated. So he says in the second voice, according as his divine power has given unto us all things. All things, divine power working in our lives comes from grace and peace increasing in our lives. Has given to us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Now think about it. Everything that's required and necessary and that we want in abundance, it comes from us receiving the grace and peace of God through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. What a great, what a great privilege God has given us that and we find in, in the scriptures how that even Abraham, the father, we, we are known as the father of faith and every New, Christ, New Testament believer, the Bible says, that we all are the seed of Abraham. Over in the book of Romans, the fourth chapter in the first verse, it says, What shall we say then 
that Abraham our father as pertained to the flesh has found. Abraham found something. You know, if you go over to um, the book of, uh, book of Genesis, 12th chapter, in the first to the third, third verse, you'll read how God began to talk to Abraham and told him, Surely I will bless you, cause you to be a blessing, and, and, and make your name great. I'm not saying those in order, but God began to tell Abraham because when God gave him a, uh, instructions and said, Abraham, I want you to leave your father's house. I want you to leave your familiar land, and I want you to go to a place that I will tell you. Now, it takes faith to take a trip. You just go. God said, okay, I want you to go. And he begins to instruct Abraham as he went. But Abraham had to act in faith. He had to step out and follow the instructions of God. He says, for Abraham was justified, second verse, by word. Abraham, for if, brother. For if Abraham was justified by works, he had worthy to glory, but not before God. So in other words, God didn't bless Abraham because of the things that he did. He blessed him according to his faith in what God has said. It says, for what says the scripture? Third verse. Abraham believed God, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. God blessed him because Abraham believed the word of God. He trusted God. I believe that the verse of scripture said he was a friend of God. He was a friend. Why? Because Abraham, uh, uh, as God instructed him, Abraham began to walk out. And we have to walk out our faith. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, Abraham didn't have a Bible to read. But he had the ability. He got to a place to where he could be, he could be at rest. And God spoke to him. And would call out to him. Angels came to visit him. God even spoke to him uh, uh, as he went to the mountain before, it, and, and, and just instructed him on the things that he would do. Abraham wasn't a perfect man. If you read his life story, you read how uh, twice he lied about Sarah being his wife. When God told Abraham to leave his father's house, he took Lot with him. But God blessed him because Abraham was faithful. And the Bible says he staggered not at the promise of God. Abraham uh, 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 missed it a time or two, but his, but his heart was, I trust God. And that's how we must be. The Bible says the righteous man falls several times. You're going to miss it. We're all going to err. But the, it's not how many times you fall, it's whether how many times you get up. Keep getting up. Keep uh, uh, rising up and say, Father, I'm still here. You allowed me to see one more day. I myself, I remember when I came over to, to Georgia, I had a leading that, that I graduated college and had my education, had my degrees, and, and wondering where I should go to live, and, 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 and I knew in my little small hometown, it was not, there was nothing in IT, my, my chosen field, that I would have, that, that jobs for me. There wasn't any jobs in a, in a little 10,000, uh, a little bit of southern town. There wasn't a future there for me. And I began to pray and to meditate about where to go. And then a friend uh, told me about a pastor who, who, had a, uh, who, who suggested I come there, come, which was in Atlanta, Georgia. And I came by faith. No, had $125. And if you ever lived in any city of size, $125 usually will get you one night stay. But by the grace of God, I, I'll make a long story short, I stayed with a brother for a couple of weeks, felt, felt like this was a place for me. And God had sold me before I came. This was not going to be easy. And I had to consider, what am I willing to come over here? Come over to Atlanta, rather, 
and live and allow God to move in my life and to uh, suffer whatever things I would suffer because I knew I would. You know, you got $125 uh, and, and, and no job. There are some things that you're going to deal with as, as we call to you get on your feet. So as I lived here and, and, and went through time and put out, I can tell you, hundreds of applications. Went to several job interviews. Interviews lasting one, two, three, four hours, you know, and to, to get this at the end, get this uh, uh, letter in the mail and say, Mr. Hubbard, thank you for coming to visit us. And we see all the great promise of your application. However, we've chosen another candidate. We chose to uh, move on in the process. You don't know how many times that came up. But I knew that God had something for me. I knew there was a better day for me. And I just began to just keep doing what I was doing. I was working part-time, barely making any money. And even with that, I had people come against me. And in the job, little job I was on, somebody, one person on the job found out that uh, the, the head of the department store found out I had a degree and said, why are you here? And I told him, look, I'm working here. I'm trying to earn some money, knowing that uh, I have an IT degree, and if I, I'm just looking for an opportunity. He said, I got one for you. And he hooked me up, enabled me to go downtown, and then I got an interview. And somehow or another, that message got back to uh, a person on the job who did not like that somebody was showing me favor. And because when I got back, I think I was making $2.35 an hour with two degrees. And she determined that, you know what, I'm going to show you something. I think I was working 25 hours a week. She cut my time down. I was, making, I was working 12 hours a week. I was barely making $60 a week. I might have brought home $50. It's hard to live uh, 20, 30 years ago on, on uh, imagine living, having to eat, get, wash your clothes. Thankfully, I was working for, this pastor allowed me to drive and do different things. To, to, for, I had a, basically a free place to stay. I, I'm telling you, I was poor. And you often heard, I could, if, if, if I had to buy, I couldn't have enough to buy the, the OR. I was poor. But God sent a word. He's one of the elderly mothers. We, as, we, as I wind this up, one day I had driven to, to North Carolina, came back, and I was in the church yard. I had met my fiance, who then was uh, going to be my wife. The lady was going to be my wife, uh, Dee. And this lady told me, says, Brother Hubbard, she's an older mother. She says, I was in prayer meeting, and God showed you to me. And I saw you pull your wallet out your pocket. And your wallet was overflowing with money. And, you know, you just had so much. And I looked at her. You know, I didn't know what to say. I learned not to, uh, 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 not to poo-poo uh, or always uh, put down anything someone tell me. But this lady, she was so humble. She was so sweet. And she told me this. And I looked at her and I said, thank you, Mother. I, I really appreciate the kind words that you said. And my heart was increased, and it, it was, 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 was enthused. Make a long story short, even shorter, just a little while longer, I asked the person, I said, do you have a job at the, at, I said, she asked me, said, Erica, are you looking for a job still? I've been in Atlanta for a year, and, 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 and uh, I think about six months. First time she told me that uh, there was a job there, I just sort of dismissed it. So many people had told me, Eric, there's a job, there's a job. Every time I came up empty. But the second time she asked me this, was three, there were three months between the times. She said, I told you there's a job at my place. And guess what God did? 
I went there. Well, many jobs I interviewed for. An hour, two hours. I sat down and the manager took my, took my uh, application. He looked at it. It was an IT job. And he said he read over it, looked over, studied. It took him five minutes. He looked up at me and said, you're interested in this job? I said, yes, I am. He said, you willing to start? We said, when can you start to work? I was working part-time, barely making, again, $50 a week. He said, can you start tomorrow? And the grace of God and the breakthrough that I had been praying for, God did for me. He'll do the same thing for you. He'll open the door for you that no man can shut if you only believe in the word that you've been given. I thank God for this time again for what, what he's allowed me to share with you. Know that he is your father and know that God's got you. Whatever you're going through, no matter how many times you messed up, no matter what is, is, has troubled you, you may be troubled in your mind. You could be in prison today and wondering, how am I going to get out of this? Make your escape to the word. God will free you, spiritually and naturally, if you allow him to move in your life through receiving his son. I'm going to say this prayer, and then we're going to be, we'll, we'll, we'll meet you again next time. Father, we just thank you again for this time. We pray, God, for all and everyone who took the time to listen today. Let them know, God, that you got them. You have their back. You're the God of more than enough. We pray, God, that you anointing us upon this message, that all those who hear know, no matter whether the problem is spiritual, naturally, or physically, you are the God of more than enough. You are our healer. You are the great physician. You are the God of more than enough. And as we put our faith in you, I believe this word is going out. People are hearing it. Hearts are being changed. Minds are changing, Lord, as they realize the grace of God is sufficient. Not based on works, no matter about what we do, but it's based on what you've already done. You've already healed us. You've already blessed us. You've already delivered us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We pray again that you would reach out to us at Pastor Eric and D. That's P-A-S-T-O-R-E-R-I-C and A-N-D-D-E-E -E at gmail.com. That's Pastor Eric and D at gmail.com. P-A-S-T-O-R-E-R-I-C-A-N-D-D-E-E -E at gmail.com. Until we meet again, be blessed, be saved, be delivered.